Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hello, everyone. So happy to have you here for the second episode and the next in our series, Get Inspired for the New Year. This week, we are trying to help everyone get 2015 off to a great start with messages from inspiring homeschool moms. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a special friend of mine. Sarah McKenzie and I met online about five years ago. No, we have yet to meet in person, but it is one of our mutual goals in 2015 to do just that. I have had a front row seat to all the exciting things Sarah has done in 2014, from her book, Teaching from Rest, to starting the Read Aloud Revival podcast. When she started the podcast, it totally blew me away that she was able to continually provide great interviews and resources to help moms read to their families. She has such a passion for sharing the message of reading aloud. So sit back and get ready to be inspired to read to your kids this year. Sarah McKenzie is a homeschooling mom of six children who range in age from twin one-year-olds to a newly minted 13. Sarah is the author of Teaching from Rest, a book about homeschooling with peace, and the host of the popular Read Aloud Revival podcast, where she encourages families to build their family culture around books by providing helpful interviews and practical tools. She is a consultant for Classical Academic Press and will be traveling around the country this spring, speaking and encouraging moms at homeschool conventions near you. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. We'll start off a little bit by telling me something about your family. Okay, well, there are eight of us. My husband, Andrew, and I have six kids. Like you said, our oldest just turned 13, which is crazy. And then we also have an 11 and a nine-year-old. Those are our school-age kids and a handful of toddlers. So a two and a half-year-old and twin one-year-olds and Yeah, we homeschool. We've been homeschooling since the beginning. And so we see a lot of each other and things are just pretty lively around here. (laughs) I bet they are. Well, (laughs) tell me how you got started homeschooling. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I began finding books about homeschooling at our library when my oldest was a toddler. I don't even know if she was two yet. And the idea of it kind of intrigued me. I didn't know anybody in real life who homeschooled. I hadn't discovered blogs or anything yet. So I really had no experience with real homeschoolers, but the idea of taking on this whole education thing and getting to sort of introduce my daughter to the world myself, that really intrigued me. So I started reading and getting really excited about it and tried to sell my husband on the idea. And he was just, I mean, no, I mean, homeschoolers were weird. That was, <laughs> that, no, you're not going to, you know, <laughs> so, but I just, I was so excited about the idea of it and I kept reading about it, kept getting inspired by it. And um, about the time my oldest was ready to go to kindergarten, she was just this really shy, kind of anxious little thing. And we were at a Christmas puppet show at the library. You know, one of those story time kind of events. Right. And she had this little mini uh, meltdown. She got so afraid of the puppets. And my husband looked at me all the way home and was like, Sarah, she's got to go to school. I think in his mind, you know, it was sort of, she is too shy because she's not at school. You know, she's not in childcare or whatever. She's home with me. And so we need to, we need to send her to school. So she kind of learns how to spread her wings a little bit. 
So I was not going to be able to win that argument. And, you know, at some point I realized that God was not going to call him to one thing and me to another. So I just started praying like mad and I had to kind of stop talking about homeschooling because it ended up being something of a point of contention between the two of us and it never went well. And so I went and toured some local kindergartens and uh, um, chose one because in the school district we lived in at that time, you could choose which school you wanted your child to go to. and was just praying like mad that I wouldn't have to send her. <laughs> I right. really didn't want to. And it was just crazy because I quit talking about it. I was about to sign the pay, you know, just to go sign her up. And it was nearing February when registration comes in. My husband came home from work one day and said, you know what? I think one year, let's just give it one year of homeschooling oh, and see. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, one year. So then, you know, by a couple months in, it was, you know, this is going pretty well. So you, why don't we do this for a few years? And Every year, he got a little more excited about the vision of what this could mean for our family. And now, I mean, we're just sold. So, and we've never, none of our kids have been to school. So, and we're, yeah, we're pretty pleased with family culture we get to live out, I think, as a result of just being with each other most of the time. What an awesome story of God working in your family to bring about the path that's right for you guys. Oh, you know what I learned is I get so excited and so passionate about things. And and really, I'm pretty impulsive and want to take things into my own hands and kind of fix them or, you know, just sort of control the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think I needed that lesson for God to teach me that it wasn't going to be me that convinced my husband or it wasn't going to be me that made this all happen. It was going to be him. It was going to be God. It's the Holy Spirit. So I just had to sort of surrender my want, my desire to control the whole thing and take both, bull, you know, the bull by the horns or whatever and just like let it go. And it, Yeah. That was a good lesson. I still need to learn that one <laughs> frequently. <laughs> yeah, God has a way of sending us reminders of that when we need that one. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Sarah, I've got a question for you. And this is an easy question because it's multiple choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? A, The Odyssey. B, Little Women. C, Swiss Family Robinson. Or D, Lord of the Flies. Oh, those are great selections. Wait, is there a Nanny McPhee in there? (laughs) Everybody's always looking for the E. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, the one where the kids are all running around like crazy and the mother is in the kitchen hiding out eating chocolate. That one. (laughs) I think that would be Lord of the Flies. And you are lying awake in bed. What is it that's keeping you up? Oh, am I doing a good enough job? Am I failing my kids in some way? And I get this overwhelming sense of, well, just that doubt that I think so many of us fight, that we're not enough, that we're not doing a good enough job, that there's something that we should be offering our kids that either we aren't because we are you know, lazy or selfish or self-absorbed or doing something all distracted or that we can't because we're one person. And I, this year has been a real struggle for me in that area because having all six kids and three of them being toddlers, it's, I've got this intense feeling of, can I give each of these kids what they need? There's only so much of me and I feel so spread thin already. Mm-hmm. So if I'm laying awake at 2 a.m., it's big, heavy, you know, can I do this? Am I messing this up? Am I going to regret this someday? That's probably the heart of it. Am I going to regret that? decision to keep them home. Right. And I think that's probably keeping a lot of us up. I know it's probably, you know, I can remember your three oldest are similar in age to my three. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, think back to when they were the age of your littlest ones now. And it was just so much easier because they were all right there together and all pretty much needed the same things. But it's that range that you've got, the two, you know, that's such a big range, the two separate sets. I know their needs are so different. Yeah, their needs are so different. Just last week, we went to the library story time, the toddler story time, which we haven't ever done with this group of babies. (laughs) I went all the time with my oldest three when they were little. Well, they are Um, still young. (laughs) Yes, they are. But, you know, we went to the library just to check out books and, you know, we're new stuff and normal library stuff. And I thought, oh, look, there's story time. Let's go in there. And, oh, man, the toddlers ate it up. My big kids actually enjoyed it quite a lot, too. (laughs) Um, It's pretty funny. But um, it was kind of one of those moments where, you know, I thought, gosh, I used to do this with all the, you know, the big kids used to get this all the time. And and then it's sort of this waffling between feeling like, oh, I don't give this to my babies. They don't get to come do this. But it's because it's harder to get to story time, you know, when you're trying to meet the needs of your older kids, which are different anyway. And then realizing that there is, you know, I just have to remind myself there are other gifts, there are other things that they get, you know, there's other, it's so challenging. And I don't think, I think even a mother of one would say, I don't know if I can meet all of this child's needs because, you know, we, we can't. So that's where it, (laughs) that's where it starts. And that's where, and the little guys now have older siblings who read them stories. Exactly. Right. I mean, all day is kind of story time at our house, more or less. (laughs) Yeah. It has to be to keep them busy so you can get something else done. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, you're going to be stranded on a deserted island for quite a while. And you get to take three things with you to homeschool. What three things do you take? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Can I bring the internet? (laughs) Or is that totally cheating? (laughs) Yes, you, you would do. You would take the internet. <laughs> I would definitely take the internet. Man, my library card wouldn't do me much good there, would it? No. So I would bring the My Book House series for read alouds because Andrew Kern says that is a liberal arts education in a box, basically. Okay. Um, just a beautiful combination of literature and poetry and great things to read aloud and enjoy together. It's a fabulous series. We have it too. Yeah. I would bring sketch pads and Prismacolor colored pencils. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Oh, wow. That's going to be quite the education. You know what? My very favorite tools are nothing. <laughs> because my very favorite thing to do, besides the book, because my very favorite thing to do, I realized this about myself the last few years, is my teaching style is read and discuss. And so, right. so uh, sometimes I default to it too much. And so my kids need a little bit more hands-on projects or something to mix it up because I would just rather read another chapter and talk about it some more. But you know, a deserted island would be a really great place to like lounge around on the beach and read and discuss. So I'd probably dig that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would be right up your alley. Well, Sarah, the homeschool book that has most influenced you, what is it? Well, I think I've read most of them. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, really, there was a time when I read way too many of them and started to question every single thing I did because of a homeschool book. But some of them have been so helpful in forming my own ideas about education. I would say probably, oh, just one. Yeah, just one. Um, if why do you, you ask such hard questions? If I let you pick five, it would be easy. I know, but these are too hard. Probably For the Children's Sake by Susan Shea from Macaulay. Are you sure you're not supposed to be a Charlotte Mason homeschooler? <laughs> I said colored pencils and sketchbooks. 
sketch pads and Susan Schaefer Macaulay. I know. Weird, right? Yes. True. I, I think your closet <laughs> CM here and you're just not letting on. Favorite family read aloud ever. Oh, my goodness. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Ooh. It was so much fun to read that book aloud. It astounded me. And it's so much better than the movie. The Wicked Witch of the West plays this tiny piece in one chapter of the book. It's amazing. It's got this whole other, this, it's just all these, this whole other storyline kind of that it's amazing. And it really fun and generated some great conversations. That's a good one. I think I read that book a number of times as a kid. And then all of the other Oz books, which a lot of people don't realize is there, you know, what, 10, 12, 20 other? Yeah. And I haven't read any of the others, but maybe I will, actually. I've been thinking about revisiting it again because we really enjoyed The Wonderful Wizard of Oz the first time we read it. Yeah, I can't speak for them now because it's been so long ago. But I can remember going through phases as a kid where I read a lot of the Oz books, you know, one right after the other. So, you know, that would have to be that's my favorite one that I have read aloud. But as for books that we've that like audio books are totally different, a totally different. See, you asked me about read aloud. So you're going to get more than one answer. You have to. (laughs) I can't stop myself. Little House in the Big Woods, the whole Little House on the Prairie audio books. Yeah. Read by Cherry Jones. I mean, those are exquisite. And we have listened to them two or three times, the whole series. So, so good. We haven't made it through the entire series yet. We are actually on the banks of Plum Creek and then Farmer Boy we've done. But yes, I agree. Those are really, really good with the fiddle playing. and They are. She does such a great job. And those books are hard to read aloud. They're long descriptive passages that can be a little clunky if you're trying to read it to your, you know, read it aloud yourself. The narrator does a beautiful job. So we have listened to them mostly on really long road trips and we all enjoy them. My husband too. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to ask you this question. You're walking down the aisle of a homeschool convention vendor hall and you turn the corner and you run into the younger version of yourself. Hmm. What do you tell her? Walk away from the vendor hall. (laughs) Leave. (laughs) Find the closest exit. (laughs) No, honestly. That sounds a little dramatic, but honestly, I wish I could go back and tell myself, just go home and look at your kids and watch them and see what makes them tick. And when they get that light in their eyes, when they're talking about the different kinds of flowers that are growing in the front flower bed, then take them to the library and find a book about it. And when you are baking with your daughter and she starts talking about the book that she just finished reading, just learn yourself how to ask really good questions. And I would tell myself to worry less about finding the perfect curriculum or, you know, the just right math curriculum or the just right science thing, or how are we going to make sure we cover ancient Egypt and ancient Greece before we get to this, this one year, I would tell myself just to not worry about any of that and really work on loving and appreciating the true and the good and the beautiful things with my kids. And then reading aloud a lot of really good literature together. So just, I would just step away from the vendor hall completely. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Well, reading aloud. I want to know, where did this passion for reading aloud come from? I mean, did you just wake up one morning and say, hey, I think I want to be the read aloud lady? (laughs) I don't know. What a weird, I mean, like, I don't know. It kind of crashed into me. So I should have seen it coming because I've always had something of a flair for the dramatic. So reading aloud is really fun for me. It's my very favorite thing to do with my kids. More than anything else I can think of. If if I'm going to spend some time with my kids, I would prefer to be reading to them. and. 
as my kids have gotten older, I've realized it's not gotten less pleasurable. It's actually gotten more pleasurable and opened up some like crazy, wonderful conversations about some pretty big ideas. And then I heard Andrew Putua from the Institute for Excellence in Writing give this fantastic talk called Nurturing Competent Communicators. Mm -hmm. And in that talk, which is free on their site, so maybe you can link to that. I will. uh, He gives this amazing case. Basically, he makes the case for why reading aloud and then memory work, those two things are the most important things you can do to help your child be a good communicator, a good listener, a good speaker, a good reader, and a good writer. And it's an amazing talk, really, I guess, not just validated the reading aloud, but helped me see that it was part of a bigger picture, it was doing more than I realized it was. So we started to read aloud. Well, one of the things that Andrew says in the course of that talk is that we're, nobody's reading aloud to their children enough and that we need to be reading in massive, massive quantity. That's exactly how he says it too. Massive, massive quantity. <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. So, you know, I get all excited and inspired. And so that's what we were going to do. And we started reading aloud two to three hours a day. Wow. Uh, which is amazing amount. And I, we don't do that anymore. We just can't swing it anymore. But wow, what a difference. I mean, it was so amazing to me. The conversations we were having, the way that what we were reading was kind of an overflow into the rest of our life. So we would find these, you know, likenesses and differences in our lives. And oh, I don't know how to describe it so much, except that I felt like it was forming really strong relationships between us Mm -hmm. and helping us have these really good conversations. And that's when I got really excited about reading aloud. And it's just kind of now spun up into this thing that I want to talk about all the time. So I do. (laughs) Well, you know, there are lots of good reasons to read aloud, and you just gave me a few, and you talk to experts about them all the time on your podcast. But when the rubber meets the road, and you have to have a bit of motivation to pull out the book and withstand the toddler onslaught to read to your family, what is the one reason that makes you do it? Because it builds relationships. You know, I've just sort of been able to boil that down to what it's all about just recently. We always talk about the academic benefits of reading aloud or, you know, what it does for a child's ability to speak well or to write well or to think well, which is all true. You know, the importance of exposing our children to really good literature or to spend family time together. I think it really, at the very heart of it, what we all really want is we really want strong relationships with our kids. We really want to have these meaningful connections. And it's really hard to do, especially nowadays. I mean, we're all in a million different activities. Kids are doing sports. We're all looking at our screens. Everybody's got something else going on. And I think to stop everything and to sit and share a story together, that's pretty countercultural. That's pretty amazing. And so when I am tempted to skip it, and I am tempted to skip it, especially at the end of if I've let it go and I haven't done it and it's the end of the day when I'm exhausted. I am tempted to skip it. Then I try to remind myself that when I lay my head down at night, there are only a few things I'm really going to be so glad that we got to that day. You know, I'm not going to be like so glad that I got the dishes done. You know, it'll be like, oh, I'm glad I got the kitchen dishes done. But it won't be like, I'm so glad that I stopped the world from spitting on its crazy orbit for 15 minutes and read to my kids. So that's a great reason. I mean, the relationship thing is a really great reason. And you paint such a, a wonderful picture of it. It makes me want to like go downstairs and wake up my kids and read to them right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. You never wake a sleeping child. I know. <laughs> and Almost. Not, well, that's the thing. It's not always peaceful. In fact, man, I wish I could give people a glimpse, although sometimes I'd be afraid to do that, into our family room when I'm reading aloud because sometimes it is 
crazy chaotic. Sometimes the kids are interrupting me. Why do they do that? Like every three sentences with the little anecdote. And I'm like, stop talking. (laughs) Um, Everybody just listen for a few minutes. You know, so it's not this idyllic kind of, you know, I'm sitting on the hearth and everyone's gathered around me and I'm reading Robinson Crusoe. It's like not like that, but it doesn't have to be. It can be really messy. There can be a huge pile of laundry behind you and a baby, you know, making all kinds of noise and kids kind of kicking themselves or kicking each other on the end of the couch because they won't stay off their other person's cushion. I mean, it's okay. Well, do you have any plans in store for the Read Aloud Revival that you can share with us today? Yes, we are working really hard behind the scenes on some exciting stuff. I am so excited. I haven't been this excited about something in a while. And for the last few months, we've been working on creating a membership site that will contain sort of the resources and the tools that those who are ready to dig in a little deeper. So there's a podcast. I do the podcast. And the podcast is a place that hopefully offers some insight and inspiration with some really awesome guests who have a lot to say about the benefits of reading aloud and the logistics of reading aloud. But for those of us who really want to dig in a little deeper and really make books a pillar of our family culture, there are some specific tools and resources we can use to do that, some strategies. And the Read Aloud Revival membership site is going to be a place for those things to be collected and where people can come and really get exactly what they need. So we're going to have things like um, video workshops on all different kinds of topics like how to start a poet or how to have a poetry tea with your kids, how to start a parent-child book club, how to develop a book list that fits your family. I've got some really great guests lined up to teach these workshops and we're working on those right now. And then some live author events with... Oh, fun. Yeah. With great children's authors like Melissa Wiley, the author oh, of The yeah. Prairie Beast. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Caroline Star Rose. She wrote Maybe and Bluebirds, which is a brand new book, all in verse. So a few others that we've got lined up. So what those are going to be are live events where, you know, families and kids can read aloud the book together beforehand if they want. And then they come and on your, it'll be live online. So you log into this webinar and the author will be there to answer your kids' questions. They can ask any questions they have and we'll just chat about the book and it'll be like this great big live book party. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, that sounds great. And then some other thing, great things too some places for great conversation and some good resources and good action guides and sheets to the podcast. So it's going to be pretty, it's a bit pretty big endeavor, which is why we've been working on it for a while, but I'm so excited to open the doors on it. I'm kind of sitting on my hands to not open the doors on it early because I'm so excited about it. Well, can you give me an estimate of when it might be ready? Well, if the stars align, (laughs) then March 2nd is going to be the happy day. (laughs) Oh, so we need to mark our calendars and just keep you in our prayers that... Yes. (laughs) And my my poor husband. (laughs) Keep him in your prayers too. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, I now have a pop quiz for you. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and they're just pretty much one word answers and you just answer as you want to. Okay. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Definitely, definitely coffee. Although I'm drinking tea right now, but that's my late night cop out. Well, I'm, I'm only supposed to give you one word. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I know better. <laughs> oh, I'll try to be better. <laughs> a little bit country or a little bit rock and roll? Oh, a little bit rock and roll. Well-trained mind or unschoolers anonymous? <laughs> This is a trick question. 
Uh, can I land right in the middle? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love both for different reasons. I'm probably a little more well-trained mind. Early bird or night owl? Ooh, early bird. Craft or read aloud? Read aloud. <laughs> Lap book or workbook? Workbook. Co-op or stay home? Co-op. I need me some friends. <laughs> Bed made or unmade? Bed made. Bookmark or dog ear? Usually like a binky or a napkin or a bib <laughs> or whatever's close by. I shove it in there. <laughs> sonnet or haiku? Sonnet. I knew you were a sonnet person. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sarah, tell me where people can find you online. Well, the best place to find me is amongstlovelythings.com. And that's the place where my blog is and where you can get to all my social. I mean, I'm on all the social media channels, but you can get to them from there. And then um, the Read Aloud Revival podcast is there, or you can go straight to that at readaloudrevival.com. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, that was super fun. Thanks for having me. And there you have it. I hope you are as inspired by Sarah's read aloud message as I am. I love that she understands that something we want to do so badly can still be difficult to make happen. You can check out the show notes at homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com forward slash two for links to all of her book suggestions and the read aloud revival podcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love for you to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It only takes a moment and it really encourages iTunes to share the podcast with even more people. If you go to homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com, there is a place where I walk you through how to do that. And I thank you for helping me spread the word. Thank you too for listening today. Be sure to drop me a comment and let me know which homeschool mom you would like to hear on the show. Until then, keep on homeschooling. Homeschooling.